The Kevin Durant saga for the New Orleans Pelicans, whether real or not, might be impacting their summer league team. Plus, I'm going to tell you what to expect from Vegas. It's the Monday episode of Locked on Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked on Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Monday. Happy 4th of July, whether you are celebrating or not. That's why the show is a little bit late today, and I wanted to do a quicker show. And then as I started thinking about what the show would look like and planning out the three segments, it's not going to be as quick as I, as I thought it was. So here's kind of, it, it's not a bonus episode, but it also kind of is given the holiday and everything. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team, whether it was the draft, whether it was free agency, whether it's some of the Kevin Durant stuff, whether it's going to be summer league, which is about to be here, by the way, before you even realize it, it starts in like five days for this Pelicans team. We're going to be covering it all. And yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I am very, very excited for Summer League for this team and what's going to happen. Starts Saturday, July 9th. So we are just a couple of days away from the start of Summer League. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, so let's do this. We have to start with the Kevin Durant stuff. And I don't really want to get too much into the Durant stuff itself. This is kind of, in my opinion, just gotten too big and become this kind of manufactured drama to an extent that I don't think it needs to be where just people everywhere, and I mean literally everybody from people in the media to tons of fans are just being so condescending towards one another that I kind of hate this, right? Whether you're a pro, whether you're pro trading for Kevin Durant or pro keeping the young guys together, I'm cool with it. And I've repeatedly said on Twitter that I think I'm fine either way with whatever decision the Pelicans want to go with. I do think Getting Kevin Durant puts you closer to a title the next couple of years than sticking with this group of guys does. But I also understand if you just want to enjoy this team, they're fun. I like them. You like them. There's something to be said for just enjoying basketball, right? There's no right or wrong way, in my opinion, to do the NBA. The people who think it's title or bust, right? I I don't agree with that. And if that's the case, like two-thirds of the owners in the league need to sell their teams then. There's something to be said for just being good and enjoying yourself and having some fun for a couple of seasons. I think that's fun. So I think a lot of this is also just kind of manufactured in the discourse and the, you know, talking down to one another is dumb. If you don't want to trade him, cool. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I might pose some questions to you that are kind of like devil's advocate to get you to think about it a little bit more on both sides of it, but I'm not going to like tell you you're dumb or stupid like a lot of people are. So I'm not going to get into that stuff with it. Now, regarding Zion, right, in the extension, and we have the the episode of the extension up there right now. You know, I don't know if he was ever really on the table for 
for Kevin Durant. And I don't truly think he was. Was there a quick discussion about it? Maybe, but not like we're going to hammer out a deal that kind of involves Zion going to the Nets in exchange for Kevin Durant, right? Look at the timing of some of the tweets of everything. The first we heard about the extension was Shams early Friday morning. Yeah, like 8 a.m. Friday morning saying that, you know, they are getting close to a deal or working towards a deal. I'll tell you this, Shams isn't that connected to the inner workings of the Pelicans. And I think he was kind of like guessing, right? You know, and he knew that deal wasn't signed because he would have heard that and gotten that. But it's obvious they were working towards something like that. And it was it's always been obvious it was going to be a max deal. You know, that Shams tweet early Friday should have been no surprise to anyone here, right? Like, duh. And it wasn't signed. And he didn't say it was signed, just that they were working towards a deal. And it took until about 30 hours later for Woj to break it. What, it was in the afternoon, like 2, 3 o'clock on Saturday that Woj tweeted out. It's about 30 hours or so later that the deal was done and that Zion has signed or like agreed to, right, that it's finalized, that trade. And people are thinking that in those 30 hours, like everything got stopped because they were trying to trade him for Kevin Durant. I don't think that's the case. Talking to people Friday night when I was in a six-hour car ride texting people like crazy, including very high up people with the team, I think they were just trying to get the details of that contract done. You know, Woj broke it that it's a max deal five years and didn't mention protections or anything like that. But I think when the full details of that contract come out, you will see some things that made this more complicated and a reason why negotiations lasted another 30 hours. But ultimately, this deal was done within the first 48 hours of him being eligible to sign an extension, more or less. Doesn't scream like, oh, it was held up because they were trying to trade him for Kevin Durant. No, there's just going to be some more specifics of this of this deal. Is there a player option or not? We're not sure. Are there injury protections for New Orleans? Sham said they were working towards that. We'll see if those are in the final things. But I believe it was Woj just being like, cool, deal's done. I'm going to break it right now. He was always, by the way, going to be the one to break it. He's rep by CAA and so is Zion. So that's what I think really went on there. And from talking to people with the team, that's kind of how it went down. Was there a quick conversation with the Nets about like, what about Zion? Maybe, but I don't think it was really ever going to go that direction. And if they were in the middle of negotiating an extension with Zion, and then they tried to trade him or had stopped those, stalled those to talk with the Nets about a trade for Zion, well, then the Pelicans are going to lose a lot of leverage in that negotiation. And if it does come out, you know, there's no protections, things like that, or there's a player option, maybe that impacted that sort of stuff. But ultimately, I think it was just this was more of a complicated deal. They were trying to make sure the team was safe. I disagree. I don't think that's needed. But if they got it, that's great. And I think that's kind of where you saw that delay in things more so than anything else. But could they be trading for Kevin Durant? Yeah, maybe. Right. Absolutely. They have young players. They have assets. You know, whether or not they're going to include Brandon Ingram, who knows. But this is going to have a potential impact. And we'll kind of get resolution on this in the next well, by July 9th, I would imagine, um, or at least know and understand the situation a whole lot more by July 9th, this is going to have an impact on their summer league team, particularly Dyson Daniels and EJ Liddell. And I'll explain what I mean by that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. So you can find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, golf, 
MMA, there was a big fight the other night, right? So betonline.net is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, scores, and more. If you want to get in on the Kevin Durant sweepstakes, they have the futures. They have all of that there. If you think the Pelicans are close to getting them, or if you want to make sure the Pelicans don't and want to have more of a rooting interest in another team, you can go bet on that. And the Pelicans are falling down that after being fourth best that has changed a little bit. So betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to get all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action over at betonline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. Whether it's the Kevin Durant stuff, which he's like wearing on me. Whether it's Summer League, which is going to be so much fun and we're going to talk about for the next two segments. I'm excited. I know you're excited. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend about the show. Leave a comment down below in, um, on YouTube. Do you think the Pelicans will win Summer League again? Because their roster, to be honest, is kind of stacked. It's really good when you look at some of the guys they have going in there. So let's dive into that right now. So first, this is where the Kevin Durant stuff might kind of become more apparent on what's going on with New Orleans and are they deep in talks for him? Are they trying to trade for him or is this all just kind of manufactured, right? Dyson Daniels and EJ Liddell, as I'm recording this, are unsigned. They have not signed their rookie deals yet. A lot of the players, most of the players, I believe, in the first round, have signed their rookie contracts. This is important because once you sign a guy, particularly on the rookie deal, you can't trade them for 30 days. Think about that for a second, right? If the Nets and Pelicans want to get a trade done for Kevin Durant, and Dyson Daniels is included in it, and certainly it seems like he would need to be, well... If you, can't, if you sign him and can't trade him for 30 days, what good does that do either side, right? That means he, he can't, you're, you're not going to have him play if you sign him, but know you're going to trade him in 30 days. You're not going to have him play for the team in summer league. And it just delays a deal getting done and getting Kevin Durant in the building, getting these guys kind of integrated with the Nets. What the Nets would prefer to do, and I'm sure the Pelicans would prefer to do, would be able to trade those guys as a rights kind of player. You own the draft rights to Dyson Daniels, to EJ Liddell, versus the signed player that's a guy on your roster. Something to kind of keep in mind, right? So if they remain unsigned, say on July 9th when the Pelicans play their first summer league game, if... Dyson Daniels isn't playing and he's unsigned. What what does that say, right? What does that kind of tell you is going on here? It could mean something, it could mean nothing, but that's something to kind of keep an eye on. Dyson Daniels is going through practices with the team right now. That's allowed. You know, is he going to play? I'm not sure. We'll, we'll kind of find out. And I think that kind of gives us an idea. If they sign him and he's playing in summer league, right? Doesn't that kind of indicate that nothing is on the immediacy, why would you, the Nets let him play for the Pelicans summer league team and risk injury and not be with their guys if they know they're going to trade for him? And I think that's something to kind of factor into all of this stuff when it comes to summer league. Other summer league stuff, though, right? The roster is pretty good, I think. When you see some of these guys here, you know, you've got Trey Murphy, the third, Jose Alvarado, Najee Marshall are going to be on there. The entire roster is those guys are kind of the big ones. Dyson Daniels is listed. EJ Liddell is listed. That's kind of your big five guys right there. Then you also have Carlo Matkovic, who's out of uh, Europe, Serbia, played there last year. He's their other rookie that is going to play overseas next year and maybe the season after that, but he's going to at least be on the team for Summer League too. 
Those are kind of the big names here for the team. You know, Jose, Trey, Najee, they're not going to play too much. I think they just want to give them a little bit of experience, just kind of get in there and keep, you know, shake off the rust a little bit. Jose is going to be coming from the Puerto Rican national team too. You know, these guys don't need to prove anything in summer league. Najee's done it before. We know Trey was getting minutes at the NBA level last year. Same for Jose. It's nice to play them a little bit, but they don't need to be getting significant minutes, risk injury. They're they're better than summer league, just to put it kind of bluntly. And notice Herb Jones is not on this. You start for the team your whole rookie year. You don't need to be playing in summer league. What I'd like to see, though, from Trey, Jose, and Najee, and why this is kind of important for them, is not their play on the court. I don't really care what we see from them. It doesn't matter to me. The biggest thing to kind of see from them and where you want to see them grow is to show leadership. Show leadership. We know what they can do on the court. Grow your leadership voice here, your presence within this locker room, right? Be a leader of this summer league team. Brandon Ingram, some of the other starters, will be around You would hope we'll see Zion there too. But these guys should be the leaders of this summer league team. The ones making sure people are practicing hard, playing hard, coaching up guys. That's what you want to see from this group. They're all going to play, maybe other than Najee, key roles for the Pelicans in NBA games next season. Become a leader right now and kind of step up that side of your game. That's the biggest thing for them. Other things you kind of are expecting from this roster, right? And to see the the other kind of, I wouldn't call it a big name, right? Is Darion Sebron out of NC State. This is their two-way guy, undrafted, that they signed to a two-way deal. He's six foot five and he gets downhill like crazy. This is a guard that is just pure, pure attacking the rim. That's what he does. Basically nothing else. He doesn't have much of a shot. You know, he redshirted his his freshman year at NC State, played 24, 25 games last year, started eight of them, about 17 minutes per game, shot 25% from three and only 56% from the line. But he gets to the rim and has some crazy athleticism, very good size at six foot five. You know, you want to see him play well and show you that he can be a different kind of guard for this team. If they need someone with his skill set, they don't really have that guy, right? Who's the guard that is just relentlessly attacking the rim, putting pressure on the defense like that? You know, they don't have someone like that. So having this guy on a two-way to kind of give you that style of play should you need it, should there be an injury and you can kind of add that element to your roster, I think is a big thing. He's going to kind of really be, I think, a big focal point of this team. And I'm sure they're going to be really hopeful that he's going to go out there and play incredibly well and maybe really earn that two-way deal and see if he can be, what, the third guy in three seasons. Najee did it two years ago. We had Jose do it last year. Can he be another guy that steps up and really, really you know, kind of solidifies a place in the NBA off of a two-way deal. The Pelicans have done a good job of that. I think Kenrich Williams was one too. I can't remember. Those guys have done really well, the Pelicans have, of developing those kind of guys. It would be nice to see another one because you get them on very, very cheap contracts, and that could only be a good thing for New Orleans should that happen. Some of the other names here on this team, it doesn't matter too much, right? You know, these guys don't really have a chance of making it there. It's nice to see that some of these guys are from their Birmingham team. You know, Zach Hankins was there last year. Jared Harper was there last year. You have all of those guys that played for that squad and are now back. John Petty Jr. out of Alabama. 
keeping that kind of pipeline going. He played for the Birmingham squadron last year too. You like all of that. It's cool to kind of keep those guys in house, get them some minutes with the NBA club, get some of that coaching and create a really unique experience for them. But they're not going to ultimately end up mattering, right? This is going to be about Sebron. It's going to be about Dyson Daniels and EJ Liddell. If, if they play and whatever's going on there. Those are kind of really what matters when it comes to the team and the roster here. It's also going to be coached by um, assistant coach Jaron uh, Collins, which is really cool to get a new voice in there too and to try and get some people more experienced with all of that. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So what, what do we watch for? Like, What do we take away from Summer League? Is there anything to take away from Summer League? Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by my favorite sponsor, rockauto.com. And I call him my favorite sponsor because I spent a lot of money there. And here's the thing. I'm not spending near as much as I could if I went to a chain auto parts store or any other place. And that's because rockauto.com has the lowest prices I have ever found for any of your auto parts needs. I work on all of my cars. I'm working on an old car right now. And I save time and money when using rockauto.com. So don't choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. Because rockauto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And their prices are reliably low for every customer. Even if you don't work on your car yourself, you can order the parts on rockauto.com. And when you go to a mechanic, give them those parts. And they'll put it in for you. And you're only paying for the labor. So you're not paying for the overpriced part that they're ordering somewhere else and then charging a premium on top of that. You're going to still save a couple hundred dollars, even if you're not doing the work on your car yourself by just ordering the parts from rockauto.com. And their website's super easy to use. Your year, your make, your model, and they're going to be able to find all the parts available for your budget. And you can choose different price points too. You want performance parts? They got it. You need parts that's just going to keep your car on the road so you can get to work. They got that too. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team, whether it's the Kevin Durant stuff and how that all is going on, or Summer League, free agency, the draft. We'll have some talk about trades, consolidation trades, because the Pelicans still need to clear some roster spots as well. That's going to be a big important thing for them to do before the start of the regular season. And of course, down below in the comments, if you ever want to support the show, easiest thing to do, easiest thing to do, comment on YouTube. You can type comment. We got someone who does that every day and thank you for doing that. Let me know. Do you think the Pelicans are going to win summer league? Do they have a good chance of going undefeated? They're going to play five games at the bare minimum here, or they are going to play five games. Every team plays five games um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And I can't wait. Starting July 9th, Game one, Portland Trailblazers, 9 p.m. on ESPN2. Monday, July 11th at 5 p.m. against the Atlanta Hawks, NBA TV. Wednesday, July 13th against the Wizards, 5 p.m. NBA TV. Thank you, no late night uh, weekday games. And then Friday, five uh, Friday, July 15th against the Lakers at 10 p.m. on ESPN2. And then on the 16th or 17th, there is kind of like the bonus game unless you make the championship game and they just take the top two teams basically for the championship game. So every team is guaranteed five games. So in those five games, what are we looking for? What do you want to see, right? Like how do you kind of set your expectations for summer league? 
Well, first and foremost, don't overthink it. Don't overthink Summer League. Honestly, the way I kind of look at this is it's just for fun, right? It's fun to get excited about the young guys. It's fun to see them do some really cool things in a very low pressure atmosphere. And it's a good way for them to acclimate to the NBA. But this is not the most meaningful thing, nor something that necessarily predicts future performance. What you really want to see guys do is not struggle. A lot of the guys on summer league teams are kind of like just that dudes on summer league teams. They have like real jobs and they really only play serious basketball like this in summer league to fill out a roster. You know, they're almost like just like filler, right? They're there. They get paid a couple hundred thousand dollars, you know, a couple hundred bucks, maybe a couple thousand dollars, not a lot of money. Come out to Vegas, get paid, practice and just fill out the roster and play if you need to play. That's all they do. Then they go back to being, you know, stockbrokers, grocery store people. I don't, I don't know what they do. Just whatever real jobs are. Teachers probably too. So don't overthink Summer League because the level of competition, it isn't great, right? And so if you struggle during that, it's a bit of a mild concern. It's not the end of the world, right? There could be reasons why guys are struggling. You know, it's their first time kind of playing in this sort of setting. Maybe that gets to them. You know, maybe they just need more time to develop. But you don't want them to look like they don't belong. Because if you don't belong in summer league, you probably, to a degree, don't belong in the NBA. And on the flip side of it is, if a guy goes out and just balls out like crazy, that doesn't mean that they're going to be an all-star. Remember Nikhil making the all-summer league team? How did that work out, right? No longer on the team. Didn't even get minutes really last year for the Utah Jazz. Just because you play incredibly well in summer league, that level of competition is fairly low. So I don't think it's very good at predicting because most of these guys are scrubs, right? Trey Murphy hit seven threes in a game last season. For the first half of the year, he struggled to get minutes and at times struggled while out there on the court before being good by the end of it. You know, Najee dominated two years ago, played incredibly well last year as well. He barely gets minutes for this team. He's barely in the rotation at times. You know, what it mainly shows if you do incredibly well in summer league is that, well, you at least kind of belong in the NBA conversation. You probably belong at least as a fringe guy on a roster or on a two-way or something along those lines. You know, for a rookie, especially one drafted in the second round, right? Like EJ Liddell, you know, that's all you need. Come in, be coachable. Start to adapt to pro-life and show like, yeah, you're an NBA player. You might not be a good one, but you're an NBA player. That's the biggest thing that you want to see out of these guys. You know, just come in and show that you belong here. And that means you can get coached up and improve your game over time. It doesn't mean that you're going to be an all-star. You know, you just don't want to see them really, really struggle. You want to show, see some kind of passing NBA skills. For Dyson Daniels, you're going to want to see if he's able to get, for both these guys actually, how quickly can get they get their three-point shot off? You know, how reliably can they do that? How's the passing looking for a guy like Dyson Daniels? Is he really looking to be selfless for his teammates? And I think we'll see all of that. I don't read too much into it. It's just kind of fun. Like enjoy yourself, right? Like freak out if you want. Absolutely. But don't, don't go rush it to print, you know, all-star jerseys for these guys. Just yet, but be happy that they're doing well because that's what this is. It's a low pressure environment. That's just a really cool thing. And if you're out there, you know, it, it, the barriers to access and entry are so low to meet some of these players and kind of be around all of it. It's, it's really, really cool. And it's a lot of fun. So just kind of take it for what it is. Enjoy it. 
And of course, we'll be recapping the games here. I'm excited about that part to watch these and kind of break down what we see and what that's going to mean for the team going forward with these guys and what we're seeing when we get to see them play some actual minutes. And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.